So let's say your life is one long road trip. Your body is the vehicle, your mind is the map, and your relationships are the signs that guide you along the way. Every once in a while, you get lost on your journey and need to call on your navigation system to reroute you to your intended destination. That's where I come in. I am your GPS, your God purpose support. And this podcast is a free resource offering you a place to come and be while you're still becoming. Every episode is an opportunity to reflect, create, define, and expand on your thoughts and feelings about love, purpose, faith, and identity. This game of life is all about chances, and you can determine how many you take, but not how many you get. I am your host, Joy, and you are now listening to Real Matters of the Heart, the podcast. Thank you all for tuning in to Real Matters of the Heart, the podcast. I am here with my good Canadian sister. <laughs> I'm here with Nova. Hi, Nova. How are you? I'm so well. Hi. Uh, good. Thank you so much for coming back on. Nova was here in LA over the holiday break, and she was gracious and kind enough to come to my Tea and Testimonies event She added so much incredible value with great insight into all the things that we were talking about with happiness and success and our 2018 goals and all of that. It got so good that we never got to our crowd questions, which was like a huge part of the evening that I had planned. And so because we never got to it, I promised all my attendees and all my guests, especially those who submitted questions, that I would get to them and we would do a podcast. So I'm grateful that Nova has agreed to participate even in the podcast and you're back. I'm back. It was a special night and uh, I'm happy to be able to follow up and continue that conversation. I feel uh, we were just saying earlier that everybody had a chance to speak and add their voice and uh, it was a perfect crowd. I'm I'm glad that we can keep that thread going and continue the conversation. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so we're just going to jump right into some of you all's questions which now I will say you probably won with this one because we've had some time to sit with the questions and look over Mm -hmm. them. Whereas before you would have been getting the like off the dome answers, which would have been pretty good. I think, I think you and I are both, we operate well in the hot seat, but you know, to have that sort of well thought out answer is, is always a little bit kind of a benefit as well. So you guys won with this one. We didn't get to them that night, but you're going to get some good, some jewels tonight or today. (laughs) No doubt. No, that's why we didn't do it that night. <laughs> I know. Everything is as it should be, right? Nothing is for nothing. So maybe maybe there was something that needed to happen between now and then in both of our lives that would give us some insight that we can now share and offer as we answer these questions today, right? I have no doubt. And the person who asked. You know, maybe you're in a, perhaps you're in a better place to receive. You, you ask the question, leave it alone, and let the answer come back. Perhaps you're a little more ready for it now. So let's do it. I'm ready for that. Let's do it. Okay, so let's get to the first question. A lot of most of these, actually, all of these are anonymous. So I don't even know who asked what and when, but you all will be tuning in hopefully, and I'll get to your question. So the first question is I've been trying to discover my God given purpose, but I'm not sure how to decipher or discern Mm -hmm. what I want versus what God wants for me. What are the best tools to use for this discovery? Tools? Okay, well, uh, because it's your words, I'm going to just listen to your words. And the thing that kind of little flag that popped up is what I want versus what God wants for me. So you can lean into the fact that 
once you get clear in it, what you want is what God wants for you, right? When you're clear about it, when you're clear about it. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. <laughs> and I will say because uh, there's no accidents and all the things are happening for you, the best way to find your purpose is to pair your skills with your passion, mm -hmm. your skills with your passion. So take a look, even from a professional standpoint, all of the career from from babysitting to the fast food job to everything it's some there's been some con connectivity some thread some skill set that you've had all the way and your passions perhaps they align with it maybe it's people or music or arts perhaps whatever that could be for you but pairing those two things your skills and your passion find a way to align them to your purpose so if it's um let's say your passion is, is music. And I worked for 12 years in the music business and I would hear this a lot, uh, perhaps it's music or sports. And so you want to be in the front, you want to be the athlete or the artist, but perhaps your skill set says, no baby, you're supposed to be an accountant or a lawyer in the entertainment business industry or in athletics or in at an arena or whatever that looks like. So all those jobs that you feel, well, it's stopping me from being an athlete or an artist, for example, they may have been leading you to the place where your purpose is best suited. Be open to it looking different than how you planned. Because mm -hmm. you can still work behind the scenes in entertainment and really get a feel for the, for the business and the life and et cetera without perhaps a sacrifice that you may not be prepared for that comes from being in front if you're an athlete, all the injuries and setbacks and trades. And an artist, we don't even like, maybe you want to be a stylist or a producer, an engineer. Like there's so many. This is a big, big industries up there. So again, skills and passion, that's going to equal your purpose. That's a great, great point. And I think what I'm hearing you say is um, exposure, mm -hmm. right? um, exposure to, because I think to your point, especially with the industries that you bring up, the people that we see sort of in the limelight and the spotlight are really the only ones we know about and we don't right. realize the team and all of the oh. effort and everything that goes behind that. And I think if people are exposed to all of the many ways they can get close to what it is that they desire in terms of um, a particular lifestyle or industry or whatever that may be, when they can sort of broaden their scope of understanding of what goes into that and to your point, where they may fit better, they may not be, it may be that they're attracted to that lifestyle and that industry, but they may find that when they understand sort of the background of what's going on, that there is a better fit for them, where they actually may enjoy it more than whatever they thought they wanted with being the person in the limelight or in the spotlight. So I, I really think that that's a great point. Exposure is a huge, huge piece of really finding that niche, that nuanced place mm -hmm. where, to your point, your skill set and your passions really intersect and you can have the most fulfilling experience in that particular situation. For and, and, and I'll jump in and to say that aligns with your values because you may want like the, the, the monetary compensation and the passion of your career and you may also want a family. And they may not be all be able to happen. So remember, aligning with the values that you have at this stage. What it was at 20, you don't have to hang on to that dream if you're 40. Like, right. you can change right. your mind. If, you know what, you know what, I want to be able to put my kids to bed at night and I travel, you know, un less than 100 days a year and et cetera, et cetera, because that's really important to you. You don't want to be committed to the job and life and lifestyle and the, and the six, seven figure uh, salary pressure 
and then say, you know what, my family's number one. So I'll keep all of it in mind, career and all of that, but how it affects with, all the, and, and with everything. And I know there's a question about balance, and we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> we will get to that. And I, I want to just, this is, that's also a great point. And it sort of aligns with a point that I made the night of the Tea and Testimonies event. So for those of you who were there and whose questions we're answering right now, this will be a bit of a review, but I do want to drop this sort of gem for just my podcast listeners in general who maybe were not there that evening. And we talked about success and I gave you all this acronym that aligns with what Nova was just saying about making sure that when you're setting your goals, you're also considering your values. Mm -hmm. And the acronym I gave you all was the game of success, the GA. And I talked about success being setting goals that make room for authenticity, promote mindfulness, and honor your emotions. The game of success is about goal setting, authenticity, mindfulness, and your emotions. All of that. Because if you just measure your success by the position you hold or the influence you have or the amount of money or whatever those things are, and you don't consider the things that you may be having to pay into that success, meaning mm-hmm. you have to lie about who you are, you have to you know, connive and scheme and do things that maybe don't align with your personal or moral values, or you have to ignore parts of yourself in your life that really mean a lot to you in order for you to maintain this life that you've built around these other aspects of the money and the whatever else. If, and if it's causing you to sacrifice those parts of yourself as a person, mm-hmm. how successful are you really? If you're lacking fulfillment in other areas of your personal life in order to maintain your professional life, um, we have to be able to find that balance. And so, yes, we are going to get to that later, but I wanted to throw that in because I think that you made a great point about making sure that your assessment of your success and your purpose-driven life also includes your values around your your personal life, your family life, and, and whatever that may mean for you. That's incredibly important. You cannot ignore those two mm-hmm. and think that you're going to have a fulfilling life. So. And I totally 100% was going to say the exact same thing you said initially, which was your desires for yourself are God's desires. And I think I that <laughs> yeah, like I was like, what you want, something. What, she, what you want, what she wants. <laughs> yeah. And this is also something that I mentioned that night, which is we always say that God gives, gives us the desires of our heart. And we usually mm-hmm to that in the context of manifesting them in our lives. Like, oh, this desire that I had, God gives it to me as a manifestation of a a thing or experience in my life. And it's really, for me, twofold in that when I say God gives me the desires of my heart, I really mean if it is in my heart to desire is because God planted it there. And I I only (laughs) want it because God wants it for me already. So when we try to separate those two things and pretend as though we could ever even exist separate from those things, Mm -hmm. that's really what we're doing is pretending. If I really believe that I am connected to God inevitably and inextricably and God dwells within me, And I am just, I'm a spiritual being having a physical experience. And if I believe all of those things, which many of us in that room whom I know personally, I know that we do, then I can't separate what I want from what God wants from me. Yeah, it could be any other way. 
So, so this conflict that I'm experiencing is all made up in my mind. This conflict yeah. of like, I don't know if what I want is really what God wants. Like that's really just a way to keep us from moving forward because ultimately what mm-hmm. it's saying is I'm scared to move forward. So I'm yeah. trying to blame it on God and say that I'm not sure. Busted. You want, yeah, the, you so, want it because he wants it. So yeah. go get it. <laughs> go get it is exactly right. All right. So next question. How do I balance? So there's that. I remember (laughs) looking at this and going, okay. And the way that it's written, it's like question mark, exclamation point. I got to know how do I balance? What is this life thing all about? So I don't know if it's a 50, 50, you might be waiting a long time if you want it (laughs) to look like that because you could be wobbly and still be upright. And so he might be wobbling for a while. That's maybe it's how do I say upright? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, because here's the deal with that. It's an interesting concept because I think it's something that we are ever chasing. Yeah. Um, that doesn't, I think it's an illusion, right? I like, do too. It's an illusion. It's like balance is not a balance because you spend more time at work than the, you do in your waking life. And the thing is, so that's, and that's the point that I'm about to make is that I think, so if you follow this podcast, then you know that I'm all about words, right? And you know that like, I'm very, um, choicy about the words that I like to use because I know that they shape, first of all, my experience and my interpretation of things, but also um, the more precise I can be about communicating what it is I'm truly seeking, the more likely it is that I'm going to get what I actually am looking for. Mm -hmm. So when you think about what balance means, I always picture like a seesaw. And in order to find the balance, you have to have equal amounts of weight on both sides in order for it to sort of balance out right and when we're talking about our lives to the point that Nova was just making it's impossible to take all of the things that you are committed to and responsible for in your life and trying to dedicate an equal amount of time energy and effort to each thing it's not possible and there are some things that even if you could dedicate an equal amount of time energy and effort to everything in your life there are some things for which that amount of time, energy, or effort would not be enough. You wear all these hats, you do all these things. If you were trying to dedicate equal amount of time, energy, and effort to every single thing that you do, you'd go crazy. Yeah. And something would fall. And that's what balance is, an equal amount of sort of time, energy, effort, weight, whatever you want to call it, to maintain this equilibrium amongst all things, to be quote unquote fair. But the truth of the matter is what we're looking for, we say balance, but I think what we're looking for is harmony. Mm-hmm. Joy, I swear you're my motherfucking G, Joy. <laughs> I swear, Joy. I swear. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. I think what we're looking for. I'm just over here, just living in the light. Go, yeah. no, Joy. Go get him, Joy. No, but so she, Nova agrees. I hope they all agree. Nova passionately agrees. Harmony. It's harmony because when you think about harmony, it's more so like, how do all these things work together harmoniously as opposed to me trying to compartmentalize them and make sure that I'm giving them equal amount of time, energy, effort? How do I get them all to flow together? And when you think of a harmony, the harmony in a song, you hear it and it sounds beautiful. And each pitch, each tone, each note 
is saying, you know, by whomever is singing it in whatever ways, but when it all comes together, it's a beautiful, beautiful melody. And that's what we're looking to experience, that all these things that we love in our lives and that we're committed to and that we want to invest in and that serve us and all these different ways, we want to be able to experience all of those things in such a way that our life comes together as this beautiful, beautiful melody. And it's really about going back to what we talked about before, examining those things in us that make us tick and going, you know what? It's really important for me to have this much time to spend with my family every day. I want to be there when my kids wake up and when they go to sleep. And I want to be able to sit down and have dinner with them. And I want, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, I want to be there for them for their recitals and their games and their awards. And their. I want to be there for those things. How do I create a life where that's possible? And that may mean you cannot choose a job that's going to require you to be there 10 to 12 hours. And you cannot choose a job that's a two-hour commute. And you cannot choose. And so you have to be considering all of that when you're choosing how you're creating your life experiences. And so just being honest with yourself about where you need and also honest about what you need, but flexible, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing that there will be seasons where rest is a little bit, I need to invest more in the rest bucket, right? If we think about all these things being in a bucket, I need to invest a little bit more in the rest bucket. I've been neglecting that when I need to maybe figure out a way to get more sleep or to get more quiet time or whatever. And now my, you know, personal development bucket has been running low for a little while. I need to invest in a workshop or, you know, get some good books or Something, but being aware of what you need in various seasons of your life and being willing to make those adjustments in order to maintain the harmony so that your life remains the beautiful song. Is it cool. that makes sense? I've got, um, there's a tool that many coaches use called the Wheel of Life. Some of your um, listeners that may be familiar, maybe not. But really, if they want to just grab a pen and paper and you can jot down the same, like main categories of your life. And it's just simple, just as like you just kind of fill shaded in graded one to 10 as to where you're doing at this season. And this is a great thing to do um, as a new season changes about four times a year. Just check in and see where you're at. Uh, so one column would be spiritual and personal growth. Another would be romance, leisure, money, career, because they're two different things. Mm -hmm. So money, career, family and friends, your physical environment, right? Car working okay? Is the house crazy in need of repair? Is my desk insane every time I go to a case? So my physical environment, the place where I spend time, make a note of how those look and feel, and your health, mm -hmm. your physical health, and obviously your mental health. Yeah. Right? To really be honest with those bodily sensations that you're having, the body does not lie. Mm -hmm. and th th some of those things can go unaddressed, unchecked because of fear. What's another bucket? I don't have enough money. I can't take the time off work. My family needs me, but we've, we, cannot, we cannot ignore our health, not, not in 2018. Yeah. So th that's a, a, a simple list. All that could, you know, make it in a, a circle. Some, there's many images on, uh, online, and really just fill it up, one to ten, graded, and then you see what the shape of your wheel looks like. And sometimes it'll be, wonky on one side and wonky on another but just always be aware as to how you know what de what departments or what buckets need filling yeah. and it's uh, being aware of it that make that makes all the difference so that's what we're focusing on uh, the, the request was uh the request was for balance the the prescription is for harmony and uh, this is a simple way 
to get it. Yeah, I agree. That's a great one. That sounds a lot like something that I do with my clients when we first start. I do something called, it's like a wellness assessment. Mm-hmm. And at this point, there's all these different areas. And I remember the first time I took it, there were questions on there and I was like, I never even thought of these as a part of my wellness. Right. Um, there was even a question. I remember specifically the one that got to me was like, um, to your point, like how often are you having sex? Mm. And I was like, whoa. Like, it's just not something that I would have personal, personally gone, this is part of my self-care. Right. Or this is part of my sort of way that I think of balancing my life. Now, there are people and there are instances where people say, like, you know, jokingly sometimes they'll say, like, oh, somebody just needs to get laid. Like, you know, and that sort of mm-hmm. a joke or, or this thing that maybe comes up. But I don't for me at least, and this could be a reflection of my own sort of thing, but I would never think of like, oh, my life is feeling out of whack. Have I been having enough sex? Like, you know what I mean? Like that wouldn't be something that, unless it's, you know, I know that there are people who are like, I'm in a marriage and we're not having sex or whatever. And that's a, mm-hmm. that's a different thing. <laughs> that's another show. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely another show. Um, but it's not only the sex and the relation as to what it is that you're um, giving like, am I having, am I having an orgasm? But I'm sorry, not in what you're receiving. Like, am I having an orgasm? Am I getting late? Am I getting my pleasure? But also what you're giving. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to be able to, to express the part of yourself that gives mm-hmm. sensuality and care and devotion and nurturing and passion to another per- person. Mm-hmm. You know, so that there's, it's nurturing those abilities as well because that may make you a better parent or better customer service rep <laughs> when you're used to being in a giving mood so it's important it's a part of your part of your diet find a friend <laughs> find a friendly friend make some friends i think you're so right about that exchange and that connection you know whatever your partner whatever your relationship with your partner is whatever that experience is when you all engage in sexual activity it doesn't necessarily have to be you know actual the actual act of sex it's just that intimacy that time of connection and being together and whatever that is it's important. We need that as human beings. And so um, it's just not something that would have come up for me. So when I first saw that wellness assessment and it was on there, I was like, what? And I really enjoy um, giving it to my clients and seeing them answer the questions and open their eyes to sort of what's going on. So yes, I appreciate your perspective on, on that, on, on experiencing sex as an opportunity, not only to receive and to get your own pleasures, but to also um, to be a giver and to sort of be a source of pleasure for someone you care about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Okay. So the next question, I hope that that answers, how do I balance? <laughs> and right. to the point, we're, we're giving you a little bit more insight into maybe harmony over balance. The next question, what are some quick and easy standard ways of increasing the sense of <laughs> worth? They gotta be quick and easy though. <laughs> quick and easy. I want to feel good, and I want to feel good now. <laughs> What's hilarious is the way that it's written is it says what are some, and in parentheses it's like quick and easy. <laughs> also, like you know, I want them to be sort of like what are the what are the foundational, but like in and out. I don't have much time for this self worth thing. I'm just trying to get it up, and that's okay. it. <laughs> no, I understand. It's like when. Uh, the, the example that, that's coming up for me and I think of it's like I'm at work 
and I'm about to do a presentation and the anxiety goblins are outside the door and uh, I, got, I got to talk myself into this instead of talk myself out of this. So for myself, affirmations. Mm-hmm. Affirmations are a quick way to do it in the form of I am when, with your desired outcome in mind. So for example, not um, the desired outcome is to be healthy, then I am health. Like saying what you already want to be. So then I am health. I am wealth. I am powerful. I am the things that you want to do. So that's one way to do it. Power poses is another way. Standing, uh, standing like a superhero. Uh, I want to say it's Amy Cuddy did um, an incredible book about power poses and power posturing. Um, standing in the mirror, hands on your hips like Wonder Woman or Wonder Person, and uh, you know, really getting your um, your posturing in a positive, strong um, way, or even like clenching your fists and pumping up in the air, and like yes, that's another really good one. Mm-hmm. And um, having a mantra. Um, a mantra that I'll use to like redetermine, especially when I'm in the bathroom having a freak out is I know that life is moment to moment. So if I need to take a moment to make a better one, then I'll do that. So I'll say, uh, from this moment on, from this moment on, and that's my kind of switch to redetermine. So from this moment on, or if I'm feeling overwhelmed because of a new situation, I'll give my, speak to myself with love and kindness and say, I've never done this before. I'm doing, I've done what makes sense at the time and I'm going to continue doing my best. That type of thing. So having uh, mantras, affirmations and power poses, that can, that's a quick, quick way and free to really get yourself in the right mindset. And I'll always say um, uh, connecting with nature. You know, uh, this morning, I wasn't feeling so hot this morning. I just committed the time to about 45 minutes for like a good walk, fresh air, being in nature. And it just reminded me like I'm connected to that source. Mm-hmm. So that, that also makes me feel strong and powerful. It makes me feel strong and physical in my body, like appreciating my youth, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can really get you in the good vibe and energy for the day. Yes. I think yes. we're all fabulous. I definitely use affirmations. I've not used the power poses, but that's amazing. Power poses, good one. And the, the reason, and the reason why I think that's amazing just in thinking in my own mind is that when I do my affirmations, I do them in the mirror, which I also mm-hmm. did at the TN testimonies event. I have my affirmations taped to a full length mirror. And when I say them, I'm looking at myself and after each affirmation, which I have about a dozen of them taped to my mirror, I look at myself and I smile at myself. And it sort of just locks in the thought. So I'm not just brushing through the affirmations and reading through them and doing because it's part of my routine, but I take the time to actually sort of rest in them Mm. and really take them in and hear myself saying it and maybe even swirl around some ideas about what that looks like in my mind. Like one of the things that I say is I'm creating opportunities for myself and others. And so I might take a moment to even like, what does that look like for me to do that? How mm. am I doing that today? What things are on my calendar or the list of things to do today that are in alignment with the fact that I'm creating opportunities for success for myself and for other people? And the more that I can acknowledge how much of what I want for myself is already now and how close I am to creating or becoming those things. Mm. it allows me to appreciate my process 
but also give myself credit where oftentimes we don't. Oftentimes we just don't give ourselves enough credit. So in addition to the affirmations and the mantras and the power poses, which I think are all phenomenal things, I would encourage you to journal. Journal because sometimes when we're in a moment, we forget, first of all, that we've been here, we've already overcome. Mm -hmm. We know that we have the tools to survive this. But also, even if we've never been here and overcome, we can see sort of just who we are in general. We have a track record of all the goodness that we've been and all the goodness that we've done. And it just is a reminder, it serves as a reminder because we all fall down, we all fall short, we all, you know, miss the mark, whatever that may be. And understanding that even in those moments, I chose what I understood to be my best or maybe what I felt like was my only option in that moment. And I'm not judging myself and I'm not living in shame. And I am to Nova's point living moment to moment. And I can choose at any moment to change directions and change paths and move in, a, move in a way that is going to bring me closer to what it is that I desire for myself, that I believe to be true for myself about who I am and what I'm capable of. And when you have a journal, even if you don't necessarily go back and read through it, but you've taken the time to sit down, just taking the time, it gives them time to kind of swirl around in your spirit a little bit, as opposed to letting it be a, being a fleeting moment that you may or may not even give any value or attention to. When you take the moment to sit down and write it and say, this is a great thing about who I am or what I've done. Mm-hmm. Taking the time also is that acknowledgement of self. You know what? I need, I need a minute. Like that's a very empowering thing to say. And just by doing those small acts like journaling, it's, it's those small things. It's not the journaling that saves you. It's that acknowledgement of self. That's what adds up time and time. So when the crucial moment hits, right. you've got something in the reserves. You've been, yeah. you've been yeah. putting an emergency saving self-worth account in. So when you meet the, the, that asshole or the job or the scenario that wants to tear you apart and, and, and could, or did before, um, you, you've got, you've got some, a suit of armor that you've been, you've been making for yourself. Right, right, right. I call them gold nuggets that you can always sort of cash in on and say, nope, mm-hmm. nope, I'm paying my way out of this one. And, yeah. and also one last bit, which may seem counterintuitive, but when you're talking about issues of self-worth, what often will help you with that is supporting and serving others. Yes. Taking the focus off of yourself, because oftentimes when we do have that sort of what you call the anxiety goblins or or those things that sort of want to attack our sense of self, um, it's hard to drown those voices out. And the more we're trying to like kick them out, the louder they get. So if you can in those moments where you may be tending to beat yourself up in some kind of way, just take the focus off of you for a minute, serve and support others. Um, be in gratitude for all the ways that you can show up in other spaces. And just for a moment, take that focus off of you. And what will happen is when you can see how valuable you are in spaces outside of your own mind, it does serve to strengthen your sense of self-worth, to know how valuable you are in this arena, supporting your friend in this way or in this community or serving people who don't have, you know, just basic needs being met, you know, or whatever those things are, when you can begin to show up as powerful and helpful and relevant and necessary in other scenarios outside of your own self, your own bubble, your own experience, 
-hmm. it does then boost your own sense of self-worth. And so again, it may seem counterintuitive, but when you are struggling with your self-worth, stop thinking about yourself. Think about others okay. and how you can serve and support others. Best way to make yourself feel better is make someone else feel better. Absolutely, absolutely, for sure, for sure. So I hope that answers. Let's go. Next question. What do you do when you've outgrown a friendship? Yeah. This is a good one. So one of the things that I also do in my coaching is I do a, a segment on relational wealth. And I talk about in your process, on your journey to personal development and, and sort of getting to know yourself more intimately and showing up your best, as your best and highest self from situation to situation. Um, one of the things you cannot ignore is the people who are around you the people you are choosing to be in the midst of and to, run, to surround yourself with. And so typically what happens as you're evolving and understanding more about yourself is that you may come to a place where someone who has been around for X amount of time or who supported you through X season or whatever that may be, you may find that who they are and how they are in your relationship with them no longer makes sense for who you're becoming. And I know that sometimes it can be like, oh no, because we feel like well, that's been my best friend since we were little, or this person was there for me during this tough time in my life. And I would be an asshole if I just, you know, split from them now or whatever, whatever stories we tell ourselves about who people are to us and why, we should be connected to them or whatever that is. And so what I like to remind people is that relationships in general, whatever the nature of the relationship, whether personal or professional relationship or romantic relationship, even friendship, whatever they are, they are grand opportunities to have a mutual expression and experience of fulfillment. When you connect with a person, the two of you or however many people are connected in this particular circle or instance, the people involved in any situation should be, and I, you guys know how I feel about the word should, but I'm going to use it here. They should be seeking and having a fulfilling experience and expression of who they are as individuals. If any relationship causes any part of you to feel depleted, or ignored or minimized or any of those things, you get to examine the nature of that relationship and determine if it's healthy for you to move forward in it. It's your responsibility to do that without feeling obligated to a person because you've known them for so long or because you may happen to be cousins or, or because, yeah, or your, or your child or your parent or, or because, you know, you feel like you owe them because, you know, they were there for you when your you know, parent passed away or what, whatever thing may have happened where you then feel attached, tied, or obligated to a person. It is important that in the midst of any relationship, you consider how everyone involved is growing and evolving. And if at any time any person involved feels stuck or held back, 
or in any kind of way like they're not being fulfilled, they get to examine and make a decision about how or if they're going to move forward in that relationship. That's just a part of evolving as a person and knowing that people are on assignment in your life and that once that assignment is complete, you can hold on if you want to, but you're only going to just draw out the inevitable. That relationship will terminate itself and it can be painful or you can recognize it and you can let them go free and it can be well. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's the, that part that part isn't up to you. What's what's up to you is uh the standard that you expect and what you're willing to accept. And mm -hmm. so to be clear on that, you gotta be clear on that. Oftentimes um things will get well, a, a small little, not even test, but a thing I do when I'm starting to like phase out or I'm not sure if we're like aligned anymore is I limit the opportunity for disappointment. Mm -hmm. And that's just really taking a step back. And so if I find like, oh, you know, this relationship doesn't feel as reciprocal as it used to, uh, perhaps I don't reach out for the call. I'll accept the call when, it, when it's given and I'll set a boundary of a time. But um, I stop reaching out. I stop extending myself. And oftentimes the phone just stops ringing and then there it is. But by practicing non-attachment and just allowing, instead of being attached to the idea of like friendship is forever uh, and being like, you know, people grow apart, things have seasons. Our, we had our time. I'm glad for what we had. Uh, that makes practicing non-attachment uh, makes letting go and the growth and ebbs and flows of friendships and relationships a lot easier to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think when to your point, when you start, you start to feel it, right? Like, you do start yeah. to feel like mm -hmm. when they do call you, you're like, I don't really want to talk to them anymore. I don't really, I'm not really want to hang out with them. Or every time I do talk to them or hang out, to them, hang out with them, I feel icky afterwards. Or it's, there's drama and I got to huff and puff and I got to pep talk myself and it has to be a whole production. And it just, to your point, it's not feeling as mutually beneficial as it once mm -hmm. did, right? And that's okay. So I think in acknowledging that relationships, friendships, whatever the nature of them are, the relationship is, should be mutual expressions and experience of fulfillment. And that, that we don't, to your point with attachment, we don't add any obligation or entitlement beyond the point at which everybody involved is experiencing that mutual fulfillment. There's no obligation or entitlement. After that, after we're, we're no longer feeling fulfilled in the nature of that relationship, there doesn't need to be some rule that says, but we must maintain it no matter what. Like, no. No matter what. The best thing you can do is be honest. I think, especially if it's somebody that you do care about. I think we hold on to people because we're like, oh, but I love them. And that we think that it means that if the dynamic of our relationship changes and we're not hanging out or talking as much, that it means something about how we feel about them, that it's a reflection of our care for them. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. I think the best thing you can do is to be honest and say, you know what? Here's where I am. Here's where I'm going in my life. And here's what that means for how I'm going to show up in my relationship with you. I may not be as available. I may not be as, you know, sort of open or whatever. Um, but know that, you know, I'm still here for you if you need, you know, whatever, whatever that may mean for you, whatever it means. If this person is just toxic and you just cannot afford to be around them anymore, it's okay to say that. Yep. And you're not responsible for what they do once you say that. You are only responsible for your role in that. So if you need to just say, you know what, here's where I am. And 
right now I just can't afford to be around or in a space where these things are happening. And I, and if you're choosing to still engage and, and show up in those ways, this is not a judgment. This is just me letting you know that I can't afford that. The end. The end. That's it. It's not about that person. It's not about you trying to hurt them. It's not about anything. It's about you being honest about what you need and you honoring your own process of evolution and surrounding yourself with the people and the energy and the opportunities that are supporting you and being your best and highest self. That's really it. That's it. Be clear about who you are, who you're becoming, what you need in, in from the people that you have around you, and then be honest with those people who you may need to shift or cut off from. And, and then let it be what it's going to be. Not, you're not responsible for their feelings or their responses or their reactions. To, to and keep this in mind if somebody cuts you off. Say that one more time, please. Keep this in mind when somebody cuts you off. You may have just phased out of somebody else's life. That's fine. So important. That's totally fine. You could be upset or disappointed or whatever, but you can't, like, can't live in that place. It's not your role. Right. You had a good time and focus on, again, what you gained. Like we said, from the career and the skills – just focusing on what you gained and what you learned and who you were when you met that person. It's just a chance for a reflection, appreciation, and then let that baby go. Yes, that's so good because it hurts sometimes. It can hurt. And it's and I feel um I feel when it comes to relationships with women, when it comes to friendships and the really we, we can get so deep with one another, the sister friendships. And uh something I've learned just in my coaching and practice is that um for some women, making female friendships as we get older is becomes more and more difficult because that first heartbreak and disappointment and betrayal they had came at the hands of a woman as a friend, as those friends, those cliques in middle school, those friends in high school. And so therefore you've kept up a boundary and it's hard to let women in your life. So if that might be the root of the problem, if you feel you're that type of a person who's kept yourself guarded. Uh, it's in, into receiving friendships and you feel people are kind of sloughing off in your life. Make note of that as well. So as much as, as everything Joy said is spot on for letting someone go. But if you're the one who's let go, keep all of that in mind as well. It's the same. They're having that same process. And they are entitled to that same choice that you can make. And that's why I said there's no obligation. There's also no entitlement. Yeah, I know. Because again, you can be on the receiving end of that cutoff call <laughs> and, and it can be tough, but honor them, honor their journey, honor their, their process of evolution and honor that they are committed to that. Um, and be to, to Nova's point, grateful that you got to go along for the ride for that season and everything that you got from it, because it's mutual exchange. They got something and they're moving on. You got something and you're moving on. It's mm -hmm. you guys are on assignment and that assignment is complete. That's it. School is out. School is out. Yes. The next question. Oh, this one is like eek. So this one is I want to love myself more, but I don't know how. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, so that's a, that's, that's a heavy because day. I I can relate and empathize with this. It's really not liking the the, the girl in the mirror. Um, I have little girls, and I always tell them, "Be nice to the girl in the mirror." Always say nice things to the girl in the mirror. So I remember times I didn't like her, and I kind of came up with this like triple A approach. And so one, it started with acceptance. 
for what you are and for what you're not. And if you don't know what, what and who you are, know what you are not and write that down and really, and be honest and look at that list, right? So acceptance for what I am and what I'm not. Um, accountability for, yes, my role in the drama and the things that I could have been done better, but for all of my wins and everything I've done well and giving myself credit for my success and all the times that I pulled through, that I like did this shit, what the hell, I, I did this. Be accountable for your wins and taking action and then do something about it. So if it's still hard to show love for yourself, give it to another person and be filled up that way until it's easier for you to reverse the cycle and pour into yourself. So if I take acceptance, accountability, and action, I find it's my AAA approach to, to self-love. And you can practice it in small ways all the time, but um, you got to practice. You got to practice. Because I've been there. <laughs> I've, I've been there. Lived there. Was the, a city council over there. I, was, I have been, I have been <laughs> the mayor. I was a citizen. I was the mayor. I was damn near the president, okay? Like, for real, really, really resided in this. Permanent place. resident status of there. <laughs> let, me, let me also say that I didn't know that I lived there until I moved off that street. Yeah. I don't remember. And I was like, wait a minute. What was I doing all these years and all this time? And Right. So, and we are all, let me tell you, we're just super twins because you have AAA. I also have AAA. <laughs> they're, pretty much, they're pretty much the same. Um, that Mine are acknowledge, accept, and address, right? Acknowledge what it is, what's going on with you. Um, sort of what am I feeling? Where is this coming from? What are the thoughts that are coming out of my mind? What are the, mm. the words that I speak? What are the things that I choose as a result of those beliefs about that? And then, and then accept it, right? Okay, so this is it. This is who I am. This is what I've been doing. This is what I've been choosing. This is how I've been participating in creating my life experiences, good, bad, or indifferent. Here's how I'm doing that. Accept it without judgment. And then address it. So if I don't like it, then what am I going to do differently? So it's literally the exact same thing that Nova just said. It's just, I chose different words, but it's the same sort of concept. But my succinct answer to this question, because this is something that I really dove super deep into for myself last year, my succinct answer to the question of how do you love yourself more is to confront the parts of yourself that are hard to love mm-hmm. and to do so without judgment. Mm-hmm. because the things that we love about ourselves, we got that, right? It, it's, like, it's like the athlete who, you know, wants to go to practice and they only want to do the parts of the game that they're good at. Like, I only want to shoot a bunch of free throws. Well, you're good at that. So you need to be working on the three-pointers. You need to be working on your dribbling. You need to be working on your defense. You need to be working on, like, do the things that you're not so good at that are not fun for you, where you need to improve, that's what you do in practice. So good. You go to practice and keep doing the thing that you're great at. Yeah. Right. And so we have this conversation around self-love on social media that looks like spa days and brunches with your yeah. friends and taking yeah. the vacation and doing the take facial and you, you day off, whatever. Right. You light the candles, you do Netflix, whatever your day, 
And we had this conversation on social media that self-love looks like kind of bundling up and cuddling up with yourself and like loving on you. And it can look like that, yes. But if you think about how you love another person, when you think about I'm in love with this person or I love my child or I love my friend, part of that love is showing themselves the truth about who they are, making them accountable for the choices that they're making and saying, hey, this is what's going on. You keep complaining to me about this situation, but you keep showing up like this. And I'm tired of hearing it, so I'm going to tell you the truth. That's what you say to your friends, right? When they come talking about the same thing over and over, you're like, you know what? You keep choosing that because you keep doing this. It's your fault because, and it's not like a blame thing. It's I love you enough to show you you. Yes. Because if you don't want this anymore, I want to support you in not having to keep choosing it or not. You know what I mean? Like, so do that to yourself. Confront the parts of yourself that are like, ugh, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to. That's hard for me. Why don't I like my body when I look in the mirror? What is it about my body that I don't like? And then go, and then just really go there. Or why do I keep choosing these unhealthy relationships? Something about that, it's got to, I'm the common denominator in all these experiences. So something about that is me. What is that? Where is that coming from? Look at those things that are challenging. And when you look at them, don't judge yourself. Mm-hmm. Just look at them. Just observe it. Just be like, yo, what is that? What is that? And just get real close, real intimate with those parts of yourself because that's the part that's keeping you from truly loving yourself. The stuff that you're trying to hide and turn away from and ignore. When you can get real close up on that stuff, because the stuff that you love about yourself, the stuff that you highlight when you get dressed, right? there are parts of you that you don't like and you try to cover them up and you dress in ways that conceal them, but there are parts of you that you, that you dig. And so you highlight those. We're not talking about that. We're talking about getting real intimate with the stuff that you hide. When you wear the flowy skirt. <laughs> that the stuff that you're hiding when you, you, wear, the, skirt. <laughs> you wear the flowy skirt. Because you don't really like, you know, get under the flowy skirt and see what's going on under there. Mm-hmm. That's how I would say to really get to loving yourself, truly loving yourself is to not ignore the parts of yourself that you find difficult to love, to get real close to those and begin to have a more nurturing and loving conversation to and with yourself about that. That's, that would be my, my answer to that question. Good one. Good answer. Thank you. And I think we have come to the final question of the day. This is, I think, a good one to end on because I think it sort of is a combination of all these things coming together in one, one blast, right? So the, the writer says, once I have visualized and I know where I want to be, how do I get there? I know what I quote unquote should do 
but it's hard to be persistent with finances and depression and anxiety. How do I keep momentum? Hmm. Yeah. Well, the first thing I noticed was like, it's hard to be persistent with the lack of finances and the, and, and then having anxiety and depression. However, I will disagree because I feel like that's exactly why you need to be persistent. Mm -hmm. Now, hard to be consistent, I can understand and appreciate. So I guess I'll address those two things. Is one is um, by having like realistic and measurable goals, not the dream, not a realistic dream, but just the realistic goals in order to get that. So create a work back schedule or just being easy on yourself. Like how does it look to accomplish one thing every day or one big thing once a week or having a, a big, big thing once a month and just having small bite-sized goals. So I will say to that, and there are so many things that you can do for free. So the lack of finance, um, it really shouldn't be, uh, Although it's a hurdle, it's not, it's not a hindrance on perceiving this, this dream because honestly, like honestly, we all have anxiety and depression. We have had it, had it, dealing with it, it's coming, it's gone. I'm in the midst of transitioning, we're all anxious or, or worried about something in the past and with the varying levels, you know, of course, are individual. However, all the more reason for you to be resourceful, get clear. Be, take, uh, be easy on yourself with bite-sized goals and really be as consistent as possible. And that is the persistence. If it's hard for you to do all these things for yourself, you're not sure where to begin, hold yourself accountable to somebody else. So get an accountability partner, uh, find yourself a mentor, someone who has already gone where it is you want to go and just ask them, uh, you know, how can I do what you did? And you can have one for other areas of your life, someone who maybe is in the relationship you want or is financially, has the financial freedom you're seeking or has the, you know, life and lifestyle that you're seeking. And, and they could be in very different ways, but ask them how it is they got there. Um, and most people would really be uh, honored to be a mentor. And um, yeah, there's, there's so many things you can do. Joy, what do, what do you think is how to keep somebody, keep someone persistent? Listen. How do I get there? So let me, in this question, the very first thing, and I sort of brushed over it earlier, and if you follow this podcast, you've heard me talk about it before. But the thing that jumped out to me when I read this question is the line that said, I know what I should do. Mm -hmm. And then it's followed, but it's hard to be persistent. So again, going back to my whole infatuation with language and all of that, whenever you say the word, but whatever's coming after, but negates whatever came right before it. So I know what I should do, but it's hard mm -hmm. to be persistent. So what I hear is I have this picture in the, of my mind of what it's supposed to be. And in my attempts to do that, I can never seem to keep going. And so with my understanding of this concept of should, whenever I hear someone say that, the very first thing I ask them is, should according to whom and based on what? Mm -hmm. You should do these things. You should be this way according to whom and based on what? Because largely, Whenever we come up with this conversation 
about we what we should be doing and where we should be in life and how we should be showing up and who we should be. Whenever we have this conversation, largely that conversation was spoon fed to us by someone else. And it has nothing to do with who we truly believe ourselves to be and what we truly believe to be possible in this world. But we have been given this conversation around should. Somebody told us we should have a certain amount of money, sorry. We should be married by this age. We should be having kids by this age. We should be weighing this amount. We should, whatever the should is. You know, your, your job should be this. By this point in your life, you should be doing this. Should, 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 should. And so we see that. And then in trying to, because naturally we, we are who we are, whatever is real, whatever is true, whatever is authentic for us. And when that doesn't align with the should, there's a conflict. So what I hear you saying is there's this list of things that you think you should be doing, but you're not able to maintain those things because on some level is disconnected. The shoulds are disconnected from the woulds, which is the things that you would be doing if there were no shoulds. The things that you would be doing naturally because they feel good to you, because they are aligned with your values, because they're they, whatever, because they're your passions, because they're aligned with your skills, the things that you would be doing if you didn't feel so stuck to the shoulds, those are not aligned. And that's why you can't be consistent and persistent. Mm. You can't keep forging on because the things that you're trying to force yourself to do are not in line with anything about who you are. So my first answer to this would be to look at your list of shoulds and sort of challenge them. Ask yourself that question. According to whom and based on what? Yeah. And if the answers to those questions are not aligned with you, meaning the should didn't come from me. I thought I should do this because art school told me, because parents told me, because culture, society told me, because friends told me, because other people who have done what it is I'm trying to do did it like this. So I think that that's the way it should be done. Like whatever, wherever it's coming from, if your answer to according to whom and based on what does not lead you back to you, and the core essence of who you are, then you're starting from you're starting from just a bad quote unquote place, right? And it's gonna be that much harder for you to be persistent because you're persistently trying to do something that is not aligned with who you are. You're persistently waking up every day trying to convince yourself that being anything other than yourself is better than what yourself is, and that's why you fall off. That's why you fall off. So for me, the answer is authenticity always wins. When you choose the thing that's in alignment with who you are and what you believe, it's not hard for you to wake up and keep doing that thing because it's authentically an expression of who you are and not you doing all this work to do something about something else someone told you you should be. Yeah. Wake up every day committed to doing this thing because it's true for you. You don't have to fight it. You go with it. And that always wins because it's, it's relatable. It's connecting when people, people, you know, I think what's, what's coming up for me right now is Cardi B, right? Like Cardi B had a huge year last year. And I honestly genuinely think that a large part of it is because she didn't, she just is who she is. She's loud, she's, you know, rambunctious, she's ostentatious, she's all these things, and it doesn't matter who, in, who she's engaged to, 
what interview she's doing, what song she's on. It doesn't matter. She just is that. And so for the people who relate to and are connected to that, it, it wins because it kind of gives them this, like, I can be exactly myself and yeah. with my dream. You can be consistent when doing that. You don't have to be worried that someone's going to find out later. You won't feel like an imposter when you just are who you are. Exactly. You don't have to wake up every day and put on a costume because somebody else told you that this is what you're supposed to look like to be this thing. To have what you want, to do what you want, to be what you want. You have to be like this. You're not doing that. You're just showing up exactly as you are and you don't have to. It doesn't require a whole lot of extra. You just show up. You show up as your true and authentic self and that connects to people and that draws people and that attracts people. And that's how you find your people, your clients, your customers, your tribe, your friends, your partner. You find them by being exactly who you are and then they fit because they fit with who you are and not who you're trying to be. And I'm not saying that you're not still becoming and evolving. What I'm saying is, you're doing that according to your path and not according to this path that someone else carved out for you and told you you should take. Yeah. That's two different things. And so, and in my estimation, going back to sort of this idea of persistence, but then also talking about the finances and the depression and the anxiety, in my estimation, when you are authentically yourself and you begin to attract the people who you're for, who you're supposed to serve and support with your client or with, with your skills, with your gift, with your talent, with your product, with your service, that solves a lot of that issues. Cause a lot of the anxiety and the depression is you fighting against who you are and trying mm. to show up as this other person. And it's causing you to be at dis-ease disease with yourself. So the anxiety of, am I doing it right? Am I showing up and doing the things I should be doing? And the depression of, even if I am doing it, it feels so disconnected from who I truly am that I feel lost. I feel, I don't feel whole because it's not who I am. So it's causing this anxiety and depression. And then because you're not showing up authentically, you're not attracting the right people to what it is that you really want to bring so that you're not making the money you need to make. Because you're not attracting your client, your customer. Your, you're not attracting that because you're not showing up as what they think they need. Because they're missing it. You may have exactly what they need, but you're not showing up as that because you're doing what you think you should be doing. You're therefore missing it. And you're not making the money you could be making. Every client that I have is because someone has come to me and said, this thing that you did, I saw you at this place. You spoke at this place. I saw your website. And every time it's consistent and I show up as exactly who I am. So they know exactly what they're getting when they come. Every time. I don't have to put on a show. And that's how it works. So get rid of the should. Ask yourself the question, according to whom and based on what? And then get to the truth of what you quote unquote should be doing based on who you are authentically, and then do that. Mm. Be persistently yourself day after day, consistently yourself day after day. And let that be the thing that carves out and guides you down your path and attracts the people who are going to need and want your gifts, your services, your products, your thing. Be your client, be your customer. That's how you keep the momentum. You let you you let yourself shine through. That's that would be my answer to your question. 
<laughs> yes. Let it be natural. Don't fight it. Don't fight who you are to try to become who you think you should be. No, who you are is enough. Yeah. So that goes back to then the earlier question of um, the self-worth. If if I believe that who I am is enough and that what I'm doing, I'm great at what I'm doing, I don't have to try to do it as someone else. Yeah. I do it as myself. And that's something that I have. I remember when I first started doing sort of this work. And I thought, I've got tattoos and piercings. And at the time, I would do all these th crazy things to my hair. It would be like purple and shaved on one side. And like, you know, all these things. And I remember like that I would be like, oh, people are not going to want to, you know, hear what I have to say. Because I would look one kind of way. But then my message would be something that wouldn't align with sort of what I thought I was supposed to look like right. to deliver this particular message. And I remember the day that I was like, there's somebody out there. There are somebody's out there who need this message, who won't receive it from the person who wears the dark gray suit and yeah. wears the neat hairstyle and shows up in this very sort of rigid and stuffy way. Like there are, there's a gap. Right. There's a gap of people who need the message that I have who won't receive it and won't even look for it to come from a person who maybe looks in the way that I thought that they that I should be looking in order to do this work. And that's I found that to be 100 percent true. 100 percent true. There's a whole slew of people who are like, oh, yeah, <laughs> excuse me. And they're like, it totally makes sense. And these people are not people who are showing up to seminars. They're not going to church or, or wherever these other places are where you would typically get sort of these kind of spiritual messages of whatever. Like, they're not, they're like, no, I'm not one of those places. But I needed it. And I was open to receiving it from somebody who looked more like me. Right. And I miss that if I try to wear the suit and cover up the tattoos and take out the piercings and style the hair. I miss it. I miss that whole crowd of people who are my people because I'm trying to show up as what I quote unquote think it should be. It's not fair. It's not fair to me and it's not fair to the people who need me. Who no, need me. you're withholding from them. Yeah. 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 So those are our questions for today. Um, this was actually really fun for me. We covered some ground. We definitely did. I'm always grateful for your input. It's so interesting to see how, you know, you're in a whole nother country and we've just met just over the internet and yet our, our ideas can align so much. It's interesting because it solidifies for me this idea that I have that there are a handful of universal truths. That no matter what language you speak, where you come from, what era you were born in, what God you pray to, or even if you don't at all, whatever, there is a handful of universal truths that apply to human beings across the world. And no matter where you are, those truths align and they attract one another and they continue to spread. 
They can do that's that's really that's what I feel like you and I being connected in this way is a manifestation of this belief that I've held for so long. And every time I meet someone like this, it, it confirms for me that yes, there's only a handful of truths that once you discover them, you're going to find those people in the world who are aligned with them as well. What I'm seeing is is that the truths are now they started with and are returning to communities of color. Oh, yeah. And I'm very happy about that. And I'm very happy to be a voice in that community because just as you spoke to authenticity and really getting the message from someone who looks like they've lived your experience and understand from a place of knowing it makes all the difference when you're speaking about vulnerable topics and situations like your mental health, personal development, spirituality, well-being. It's like, yeah, but I need to know you've at least walked in the world with this, a little bit of this on. Yeah, yeah. And we, the, at least we have some shared feelings mm -hmm. about perhaps some shared experiences. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, again, I, I feel like the, the, it's began with and is returning to people of color in a way that, um, that they need to hear. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I'm, I'm incredibly honored to be on this path. And discovering what that means for me to find that voice and you know realizing and recognizing that they are universal and they do apply to human beings across the world but also re recognizing that we have a special place as people of color on truly the spectrum of that and the development uh and the solidification of it for sure i 100 percent agree with you and i am incredibly yeah. honored to to be in this place in my journey and and be able to recognize that and really find the value in that and really highlight that for my clients and for the world. So thank you even for mentioning that and bringing it up. That's a huge part of, part of this work, for sure. So that being said, I would love for you to let all of the listeners know where they can find you. And just know that before her and Nova and I <laughs> started recording, um, we have some fun stuff up our sleeves. I know. <laughs> we really do. And you're going to see us more. <laughs> you're going to see us. And you're going to see us all around the U.S. and Canada and eventually the world. But we've got some fun, fun stuff coming up later this year. I'm going to just speak it now that it's happening. It's done. It's all right. I wrote it down. So that's 80% okay. of the way there. <laughs> I wrote it down in my phone and in real life. <laughs> This is the thing. So I'm excited. You guys will see us in different parts of, of America and Canada. We're coming soon for y'all. Just out so, here learning. Yes. In the meantime, <laughs> let us know where we can find you in, in the cyber world so that we can be connected and, and everybody can follow along as we plan this, this new thing that we're going to do. In our virtual world, you can find me everywhere at But I Love Me More. But I Love Me More is uh, Instagram. It's the Facebook fan page. It's the Twitter. Um, my, if you go to butilovememore.com, you will be led to novabrowningrutherford.com. That's my name. So you can find me there. Um, Joy had sent you a link of, um, of a TV segment I had done earlier this week. I'm the wellness expert on a popular daytime syndicated uh, talk show up here, kind of like our version of The View, for lack of a better word. And so I'm their wellness expert. And so this week I talked about how to cope when you've had a setback. But um, the site is, uh, I don't know if you always get it in the States, but uh, it's there and all the, uh, the notes have been transcribed. So if you get the link, check that out. And I'll always post things up um, on social media where you can uh, see any more tips and tidbits and, and just guidance 
the end. <laughs> That's what you've been for me. Thank you so much for always adding value. I will make sure to add your um, social information as well as the link, if you don't mind me sharing it, in the show notes so you can access it. To all of that, I want them to be able to find you and follow you and keep up with all the things that I'm excited that we're getting ready to do. Thank you all for listening. As you know, you can find me on social media at Joy Hearts, J-O-I-H-E-A-R-T-S. You can also find me online at joykmadison.com. See what I'm up to, coaching groups and live events and apparently just being around the world doing the things. So <laughs> make sure you follow um, and more, more, more importantly, not just follow, engage. I want to talk to you. I want to know what's up. My stories on Instagram, participate, write me back, do the polls, all the fun things. It's so I, I get a kick out of that stuff and hearing from you all and hearing all that. So Talk to me, talk to me, follow and, and engage. And I'm looking forward to hearing from all of you and to sharing with all of you in the coming months as Nova and I get this party started. Get it started. <laughs> so until next week, you all, thanks so much. And if you have questions, please feel free to submit more. I would love to do more of these question and answer episodes to hello at joyhearts.com. Also, that email will be in the show notes so you can find it there. Until next week, cheers! I want to ask you all to do me a favor. If you find that you are enjoying my weekly episodes, then I'm going to ask you to leave a review. Whether you listen on Google Play or Apple Podcasts or even on SoundCloud, if you could leave a comment or review, subscribe, share, um, I'd greatly appreciate it. I really want to begin to take this more seriously. And that's going to require me to know who's out there, who's listening, what you all are thinking and what you all want to hear more of. So please do leave a review, leave a comment, subscribe if you're not already or follow or whatever it is you do on your platform where you listen to your podcast.